Good morning. Would you please stand and sing with us?
Dear God, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for another opportunity um, that you have brought us here, that we can come and worship you. Um, Lord, today we pray that you open our hearts and our minds so that we can focus on the message and receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Please turn and greet one another. Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the pastor here. We're so grateful that you came and joined us today. I want you to look at your bulletin. We're going to change the way that we do announcements because we pour our heart into these announcements. Let's make sure that uh, we get you to look at them rather than having to say every single one of them. We believe in uh, radical hospitality. I want you to turn in your bulletin to radical hospitality. It's on, uh, directly in the middle. We want to welcome visitors to both of our worship services and this service in particular. We have uh, coffee and donuts, we have restrooms here, and we have a security system in the back. You can also share prayer concerns with our um, Tuesday prayer group. If you'll raise your hand, an usher will bring you a card, and you can fill out that card in whatever way you like, and our Tuesday prayer group um, will have it, and it will be part of our um, prayer life for this week. Um, I want you to look at church calendar. We've got several things coming up. Uh, the thing that needs a reservation is Supper at 6. If you want to come to Supper at 6, just write your name, family name, the number of people, and the attendance register as it goes by, and you will be registered. Uh, make sure you write uh, Supper at 6 out from it because we're also doing that with UMW. If you're going to the United Methodist Women's uh, uh, Gathering, if you'll please put UMW, the same thing, your uh, family name and number. The traditional choir kickoff is coming uh, this week. Uh, Renessa continues to expand that choir. We have a great relationship between these two services. People go back and forth between these two. We're grateful for that. And if you're interested, please note that um, announcement. Uh, Sunday night programming begins one week from tonight. And included in that is, I want you to notice, the adult Bible study, Encounters with Messiah. Uh, this is a four-week study, and classes have started at different times. They start at 5 o'clock, so every single thing on Sunday night starts at 5. Um, children, youth, adults, make sure you notice that. And you see the UMW fall luncheon. We believe in passionate worship. And if you don't fill out a card today, but you want to share a prayer concern with us at some point, I want you to note that number under prayer requests. You can call that number. You'll immediately get a voicemail. You can leave a voicemail, and one of our staff will immediately get an email. Uh, that uh, you have shared that concern with us. It'll be shared with the Tuesday prayer group. And if you want it just in prayer, you can note that. If you say, I need someone here immediately, we are in the emergency room at Greenville Memorial. Uh, someone will be there uh, in very short order. Uh, you can see uh, also we try to list the leadership in that worship section. We believe in intentional faith development. If you flip over to that, you see the things that are coming in children and youth ministries and opportunities for you to volunteer in those ministries. Every single thing is laid out with email and phone numbers and things that you need to do uh, and stuff that we're doing through the month. Risk-taking mission and service. This is an important question. What are we doing to respond to uh, what's going on in Houston? The number one thing that we're doing now is you can give to UMCOR. This is the United Methodist Committee on Relief. 
One day we'll be giving to um, them, which is the United Methodist Volunteers in Mission. As teams are going there, uh, this is uh, Reverend George Strait, part of our congregation, had a great deal to do with the creation of that. Currently we're doing Committee on Relief, and at some point in the very near future we'll uh, encourage you to give to um, them. You see the um, ch uh, Child Enrichment Program notes, you'll always see those in that spot. And as you turn over to the back, you'll see ways to um, give online if you choose to do that. We have a newsletter that's new this month. It's a digital version, and you can also get it uh, in a paper version right back there if you didn't uh, already do that. And also inside your bulletin is a sheet for an interest in serving on committees in our church. I got some feedback last week. Uh, that said, wait, now choir's not on here, the band's not on here, uh, children's ministry's not on here. These are things that happen on Sunday morning as part of our programs and won't be listed until Consecration Sunday. This is committees, things that have to happen in administration of our church. And so if you are interested in this, I want you to look at it again. If you circled something last week, we added a couple things. If you feel like what you did last week is set, great. If you are interested in serving, circle something and put your, um, I'll channel the teachers in our uh, church today and I'll tell you, put your name on it. Put your name and the date and uh, we will, uh, to our very best, um, use you in the exact way uh, that you're interested in serving because we want to increase our um, depth chart all over, uh, all over our campus and things that we're doing. So thank you for paying attention. Thank you for grabbing a bulletin. Go ahead and take that bulletin home with you. Take the newsletter home with you. And you can get a digital version of any of those things at any point uh, in our email. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, everything that it took to get here, the getting dressed, the waking up, the walking the uh, pet, the eating breakfast, the coming here, eating breakfast here, finding a parking spot, getting in the space. All of those things cost us something. And we're willing to pay it to be in this moment. Now, Lord, give us clarity in our minds for the mission of joining together, that we may read the scripture together, that we may pray together, that we may sing together, that today we may share a table together so that we may better understand your will for our lives. It's in your son's holy name we pray, who taught his disciples, our Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So today we're talking about our desire to manage risk with a text um, that may be very familiar to you. It's a famous text. You talk about um, some of the highest highs and the lowest lows in our life. And it's a lot of times they're very close to one another. I saw a wide receiver yesterday in a game catch a very important pass. He was excited about doing it. So he spun the ball in a way to show that excitement and also to mock the guy that he caught the ball over. The referee gave him a 15-yard penalty. All of a sudden, they're back, and it led to an interception that led to a touchdown. I got a first down catch. I don't just put the ball down and go back to the huddle. I go like this. 
What do you think of that? I think this. We're going back up, way back here. That's what I think of that. And then the quarterback throws an interception and watches the touchdown. Oh, great. So fast. Because we let up. We get a right answer, or we do a right thing, and we let up. And that happens today. Immediately yesterday, uh, immediately following a text we read last week, which is um, Peter proclaiming that Jesus was the Messiah. Let's see what Peter does this week. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he had to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, and legal experts, and that he had to be killed and raised on the third day. Then Peter took hold of Jesus and scolding him, began to correct him. God forbid, Lord, this won't happen to you. But he turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You're a stone that could make me stumble. For you are not thinking God's thoughts, but human thoughts. That fast. And here's your first fill in the blank. From rock to stone. Last week, Peter said, you are the Messiah, Lord. I get it. Those people who have trained their whole lives and gone to school their whole lives to understand theology, to understand scripture, to understand you, to proclaim it all, are completely confused about who you are because you're so far out on the edge. You're welcoming people so far out on the edge. And you're saying things that are so different from our traditions that are built on this text that they can't get it. But Jesus, I get it. You're the Messiah. The chosen one. Immediately following that, Jesus says, and this is what the Messiah is going to do. We're going to Jerusalem. And I'm going to be subject to human beings as I've been subject to human beings since day one. And I'm going to be at total risk. And Peter's not having it. He was declared the rock until he said, God forbid. We're not doing that, Jesus. He says, I don't, you know, don't want to do that. I had a pretty good life. And I left it all to follow you. And you're telling me now we're going to Jerusalem. And it's going to threaten everything that we've built to this point. God forbid that we follow you from this point to Jerusalem. We're not doing it. And all of a sudden he goes from a rock for which the church will be built. That's what Jesus said last week. To a stone that I'm going to trip over. You ever ever leave something in the middle of the den or have somebody else leave something in the middle of the den, you walk through in the night and you stub your toes so bad, you just won't cry. In fact, maybe you do cry. And then you're going to let everyone in the house know that someone did something that caused you to stub your toe on a level that you cried in the middle of the night. He says to Peter, you're the same as the devil trying to impede what I was doing in the desert. How do you fall that fast? How do you go from, you're the foundation upon which I will build my church, to you're the rock that we're all going to trip on and fail? It's hard to believe that a human has the capacity to hear both of those things in such a short amount of time and do anything from that point forward. Because it's so tough. So this is what we have to ask ourselves. 
when have you let arrogance turn you from a foundational rock to a stone that other people are tripping on? I don't have to say, have you ever done that? Because I know you have. And I know I have. I have to say, when? Now, I don't want you to reflect on it a ton because you'll start thinking about that time that you did that. It may have been five years ago. It may have been 10 years ago. It may have been on the way to church today. It may be people who didn't come today because somebody impeded their path to this place. When has arrogance caused you to say, I know what we're supposed to be doing, and I'm going to put everybody else on halt until we get it right? It's tough. Verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, all who want to come after me must say no to themselves. Cross and follow me. All who want to save their lives will lose them. But all who lose their lives because of me will find them. Why would anyone gain the whole world but lose their lives? What will people give in exchange for their lives? For the human one is about to come with the majesty of his father with his angels. And then he will repay each one for what that person has done. I assure you that some standing here won't die until they see the human one coming in his kingdom. It's <laughs> a crazy long paragraph with lots of stuff swirling around it. A couple phrases. If you want to be a leader in my realm, you've got to give up your own will. Because we just can't move fast enough. We can't get enough done. If you are wondering time and time again, wait, what do I have to do here? And why does this, how does this affect what I'm doing? And can we not do that? Because I'd really rather not do that. You don't have to think too hard about organizations that you've been in, families that you've been in, churches that you've been in, where there was a person in every instance went, I don't know. And not in a faithful way, thinking everything through. I mean like a, how's this going to affect me and I'm not sure I like it, sort of way. The other thing Jesus says is this is going to be on the test. You ever, <laughs> I'm guessing I perked up. I'm guessing you see students perk up when the teacher's on the, I was going to say chalkboard. That's not a thing. Promethean board, whatever that thing is, and doing stuff up on the screen. And you're like, I don't know if I care about frogs innards. And then they say, uh, actually, this is going to be on the test. And you go, oh, what? Tell me more, tell me more about frog innards. I want to know about it. He says, I'm going to be paying attention to how you respond to this call to forget your own cares and to move forward with what I'm trying to tell you to do. Can't make fun of Peter. I never make fun of Peter. I wish sometimes in a group I'd be more willing to stand up. You know, they'll send me to some leadership training or I'll go to a clergy gathering or whatever it be and the um, uh, consultant that comes in says, I need two volunteers. <laughs> no. No, I'm going to step back here. No, sir. I give him credit. And like a good... Uh, uh, political consultant on a campaign that has a lot of momentum, Peter turned to Jesus and said, we don't want to know. You don't want to tell people that. You want to tell them it's going to get better. You want to tell them that they're going to have more. 
You want to tell them that we're going to win. Because if you tell them this, we're going to lose everybody, and you might even lose me. And Jesus says, well, you know, that's, um, he told me I'm the Messiah. I'm not one with a sword who's going and taking the capital. I'm not a political leader who's going to twist and turn until I've got the power. The Messiah that God has in mind is a sacrificial person willing to walk into the teeth of it and declare what needs to be said regardless of the circumstances. And that leads to your second uh, phrase. The power of the cross. See, we want to we wanna project power, don't we? Individually, in our family, in our business, in our church, in our nation. We want to project power, and by us projecting that power, then people will know that we're in charge, and they'll know that God is right because we're powerful. <coughs> we also want to know that our investment, whatever that investment is, is going to pay off. What do you think if I asked you, what does it mean to church people for their investment in the life of the church to pay off? What do you think that means? Well, for some, it means um, I don't want my loved ones to get sick, and I don't want to get sick. And when we do get sick, and when we do experience death, and when we do have a crazy loss, I think, why would God do this? Why would that happen? That has to do with your, your understanding that I'm investing a lot into this, and I hope that it's going to be a positive outcome. Some people think, uh, I, if I'm here 48 times... I expect to have a leadership position, or I expect to have um, wealth, or I expect to have um, power, whatever it may be. I'm investing in you, God, and I want you to give me a return. And those thought processes are very human. We do it in every other realm of life, so it's not surprising that we would do it in this life. And that's why Peter says, we've invested too much in this, we cannot have you turn around and say we're all going to lose. So when we say power, we want our investment. We want our organization to win. And you know how we choose leaders? Based on figuring that they're going to do that for us. The coaches who led teams yesterday, who were brand new, back in March, were hired, and at their first press conference, what did they say? We're going to get back to what? We're going to get back to winning. And that angry fan base who fired the person before, who had put their whole heart in it, then says, yeah, man, we're going to win again. It's going to be great. So we hope that those leaders will deliver on that promise that they make to us that we are going to win. What in the world is Jesus talking about? And that's when, you start got at, that's when you have to ask about the power of the cross. Our Savior went before us, called us to him, and sacrificed everything. We are called to sacrifice everything. He says, those who lose their life for me. Now, does that mean actual death in the service of his name? 
Potentially. Far more often in our case, what that means is I'm giving away the top three priorities and they're not the top three anymore. They're all in the lens of me understanding that this is about sacrifice. And you know, we're hardwired to like that sort of thing. But we also fight it. You know how I know that? Because people will share stories on Facebook or they'll come and tell me stories or they'll share them in a committee meeting where they say, man, these people came together. They came together. They didn't care who anybody was. They didn't care what resources they had. And they made it happen. You know why people love those stories? Because they're kind of rare. It's deep inside of us, the potential is, but we also think, I don't know. You know, I kind of want to do the thing I want to do. Multiply that by two million and see how it works out. He says, I'm going to go before you. I'm not asking you to sacrifice so that I can have power. I'm not asking you to steal so I can have money. I'm not asking you to come and serve with me and I'll give you a solid 7 to 9% return on your investment in my life. He's saying, we are going to sacrifice because it's what we were called to do. It's what God has done since day one. And though it's in every human, we struggle to live it out because we think about things that we want. So today, we come to a table. And before we come to that table, we all corporately admit the fact that we have struggled with that sacrifice individually and corporately. And when you have that guilt, you know, you say, man, what a wasted opportunity. And that wasted opportunity and that anger over that wasted opportunity gains interest. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and you think, I'm not, gonna, I'm not getting in there again. I'll make another mistake. Listen to the forgiveness that's there. Listen to the forgiveness that you offer others. And come to the table with open hands that we can understand this message for us today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll stand as you're able and join me with our modern affirmation. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all his works, and whose will is directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as the divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. I invite you as you're able to um, remain standing for the first part of the liturgy. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, 
We confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Joyful obedience. I love that phrase, and I kind of make fun of it every worship service, in this service at least. Y'all like joyful obedience? As a parent, you love joyful obedience. As a teacher, you love joyful obedience. As an adult, you go, I don't know, man. Seems like a burden. Seems like a hassle. And part of that is the interest that's been gained of the mistakes that you've made and the anger that you feel and the depression that you feel over those mistakes. Because we've fallen short together. Hear the words of forgiveness. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. If you'll turn to one another and say, peace be with you and be seated. It's now time for our offering, and you can give as the plate goes by, or as the instructions say um, in a text.
over and over and over again. Sacrifice. What are we willing to sacrifice in order to join, in order to come, in order to participate, in order to lead? Jesus sat with those disciples at the end of the story that just begun in the text that we read today, that they were going to Jerusalem. And sitting inside those locked doors, they had to wonder, what in the world? How did we get here? And what in the world are we going to do next? Their minds are swirling. All kinds of thoughts for themselves, for Jesus. And he says, you know what? Let's, let's pause with all that. And in this meal, I'm going to show you what this sacrifice is. He took very common elements, bread, and he broke it. And he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of me. Covenants happen over and over and over again in the Bible. For all sorts of reasons in all sorts of places. Jesus says, this is my new covenant. Not just poured out for you. But poured out for many. For the forgiveness of sins. The reconciliation to a new life. Drink this, all of you. Every single time with the awareness that you have established a new covenant. Going forward from this place. In order to live a life that I've called you to live. Let me call those who are helping me serve today. Y'all uh, ask me how many pastors we have. It fluctuates because two of our pastors have gone back to work. I can't help it. They've gone back to serve. Uh, but John and Kathy Tomanko are retired from the Illinois Conference. They were, um, he was an elder and she was a deacon. In the life of, uh, in the United Methodist Church, those are um, just different tasks on the same level. And uh, Lynn Pennington is an educator in our community, like many of you, um, but also serves a church. She leaves this worship service and goes and serves a church. And uh, grateful that um, all three of them are serving with me. Uh, we serve by intention, which means that uh, I'll give you a piece of bread, you dip it into the cup, and you may turn for, uh, go back to your seat for a time of silent prayer and reflection. You'll come... It's been two months. Do we go inside out or outside in? I think it's inside out, right? Yeah. Which one is it? Outside in? Inside out. <laughs> we do three, four over here. We do four, three over there. <laughs> in the uh, tradition, you come outside in. So you'll go inside. We'll serve you. And then you'll go uh, back to your seat. In the United Methodist Church, all who want to come forward for Holy Communion are welcome, welcome to do so. Uh, so we'll have the band members come forward and then have y'all come forward.
Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this table and for our chance to share with one another. Help us, Lord, to take this forgiveness and reconciliation and pursuit of others far from this place, that your message may be spread. Help us, Lord, more often than not to be a foundation upon which you can build your church. In your son's holy name we pray. Amen. Please stand and sing this last one with us. Righteousness alone Fall 